You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast. Here's a little preview of what's coming up. I think I'm a better writer personally uh, in my creative stuff because of the things that I've done in, in business. Um, and I think what I've done for the business is is, is better because I was a writer. Uh, so they've sort of evolved um, simultaneously. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I am your host, Katie Kremitzos. I'm so very excited that you're here. These shows are specifically so that you can hear phenomenal stories from very savvy businesswomen telling very authentic journeys about their businesses. The ups, the downs, everything in between, it's all right here. If you want to find out more about the show, as well as all the different resources available to you as part of the Biz Women Rock community, including an awesome private Facebook group, make sure to go to bizwomenrock.com and go opt in and you'll get everything there at your fingertips. So I'm so excited for today. Um, it is, at the time I'm recording this, it's Valentine's Day, and I happen to have a very special guest uh, sitting here right next to me. And by the way, I'm recording in my car. Uh, I think I tell you guys that a lot lately, but um, I'm recording in my car and here sitting next to me is my oldest sister. I don't think she wants me to refer to her as the oldest, but uh, she's the first of the six of us. Uh, Miss Christy Michaela. Say hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, we got a little bit of sense of humor in the family. <laughs> um, so Christy's here with uh, her daughter, my niece, Bailey. And this is the very first time that they are getting to meet my daughter, Sedona. So we're having a lot of fun. Uh, they're coming from Seattle. So my niece literally was taking... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Ski Skiing, obviously. I'm not very familiar <laughs> with that sport. She was taking ski lessons Saturday morning. They flew out Saturday night, and by Sunday morning, we were at the beach. So uh, my niece went from snow to beach all in 24 hours, which was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty cool, huh? Sky to see is what we call it in Seattle. Nice. Sky to see. What are you excited about doing here in Florida? I'm just very excited about getting sun. Um, <laughs> you know, in Seattle we have sun, but it's not all year. So it's just been a very nice blessing to see this bright, shiny star in the sky <laughs> and um, have temperatures a little bit more than what they've been in Seattle and less rain. Yeah, so what y'all may not know, uh, if you live in Seattle, you absolutely know this, is that Florida gets as many days of sun as Seattle gets days of rain. So it's a complete flip-flop here for my sister. Anyway, um, so I'm very excited that you guys are here listening to the story. I got a great, great interview for you today. Um, just want to send one last reminder that if you are a podcaster or possibly thinking about podcasting for your business, um, something that you're interested in, or even if you've been podcasting for quite some time, PodFest 2016 is just around the corner. Literally from the time that this show goes live, it is next week. It is like we are counting down the days and I'm so very excited for it. So I would love for you to be there. Um, all you have to do is go to podfest.us and go check out all the phenomenal speakers that we have who are going to be there. It's just going to be an entirely just mind-blowing gathering of podcasters, people who want to podcast, and just a great meeting of the mind. So I would love to see you there. And again, I mean, who doesn't want to be in Florida in February? It's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> um, 
So go to podfest.us. One of the things I'm so excited about uh, for PodFest is that I'm actually going to be able to talk about Facebook groups. Um, I mentioned before about how the Biz Women Rock community has a very, just a rockin' Facebook group, which is a great place where everyone who's a part of the community, tons of businesswomen can really collaborate and connect and help each other out. And I have become completely in love with Facebook groups. And so I get to talk about how Facebook groups can really help podcasts um, grow their audience, get deeper uh, connections with their listenership. So I'm very excited about that. If you can't come to PodFest, but you want to know that information, all you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash Facebook groups. Um, and you're going to see that I had given a webinar about this uh, before baby hibernation. Uh, it's no longer up, but you'll have the opportunity to opt in. And when you do, when I relaunch the Facebook groups rock course, which is all this education, uh, you will be the first to know uh, and probably be given a special cool deal. So go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash Facebook groups. All right, let's get into it. Oh, wait, before we do, Miss Bailey, my little niece is here. Bailey, say hi. Hi. A little louder. Come on. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into today's interview. Amy, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm it's very great. I'm very excited to talk to you because... Um, you are a uh, a lover of words. You are a writer. You've been a writer your whole life. It's integrated into all sorts of different stuff. And uh, and I want to be able to talk about that as well as enable education and kind of how those things have partnered this whole time. How did you first get into writing? Oh, I started writing, I think, uh, in grade two. I had a poem published in a, in a, a regional anthology, and that, that kind of hooked me as soon as I... As soon as I was able to put, you know, coherent strings of, uh, of words together, that was that was kind of it. And um, it's something that followed me my whole life. Um, at university, I majored in English and philosophy. So um, I don't know when I started. I, it's just sort of always been there. Yeah. And I think a lot of writers find that too, that it's, it's just something that you do. Yeah. What kind of writing have you always done? Has there been like a particular type that you've always done? Have you always been like a story creator in fiction or, or ha- have you been like a storyteller about yourself and your life and your personal journeys or like what has what has been like the the mo for a lot of your writing uh, a little bit of everything um when i was younger um mostly short stories poetry um i've always liked writing for children so the some of the the shorter stuff i guess um i'm not too much of a novelist <laughs> um but uh, in terms of, of what's paid the bills, you know, any writer will tell you that there's the stuff you do, you know, because you really love it, and there's stuff that you do to pay the bills. Um, I've written all kinds of nonfiction as well for education magazines, for blogs, that sort of thing. So a little bit of everything. And um, somebody told me a long time ago that the first million ri- words that anyone ever writes are, are garbage. So <laughs> I think I sort of jumped into that when I was very young, thinking I'm just going to do whatever I can and just get better along the way. So, um, yeah, I'll, I, I write just about everything. I love it. I'm a, um, So I live in Florida, and we go down to the Florida Keys a lot, and... You know, in Key West, they have the whole Hemingway house. Ernest Hemingway was a major fixture there back in the day. And uh, and he, yes. you know, I got to see the little, his little writing studio where he would go and he would write. I don't remember what time. It was some ridiculous time at like 4 a.m. every morning or 5 a.m. every morning. And he would go and he would write X amount of words. That That's what he had to do every single morning. 
And, you know, somewhere in whatever research that I have done is like most of it was crap, but it, the practice of it <laughs> allowed the good stuff to yeah. come through. He wouldn't get to the good stuff until he exactly. had, like had to write out the crap. So, yeah, very, very good practice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. my goodness. Yeah. And so, it, I think it's also good to go and see where different writers have lived, too. I've I've done that, too. I've seen, you know, Victor Hugo House and Edgar Allan Poe's house and that yeah. sort of thing. It's really nice to sort of think of them as human beings who've done this, you know, who've had to go through the first million year, million words of, of garbage to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Did, did you ever think as a kid that you would actually be able to make a living out of your words, like out of this thing that you actually really love doing? And I'm I'm asking that because writing, like, Many other forms of art and creativity are not usually synonymous with a life of financial freedom, a life of business. I mean, they're not, they're usually actually the opposite of that. So did, did like, at what point did, were you like, hey, I could make, I could make money doing this? I, I think it was, uh, you know, I think in high school, my, my ambition was to, to be a teacher. Um, and I come from a teaching family. Um, my mother was an English teacher for a long time. Um, so I think the notion that I was going to make my living either from my own words or from somebody else's, you know, from literature in general was always there, um, that, I, that I'd be involved in it in one sh- way, shape, or form. Um, in terms of making my living from actually doing my own writing, I think a lot of that has come through uh, my time as, as an entrepreneur. Uh, when we started our company, you know, I started seeing that there were ways that I could, uh, you know, I could do very practical things like write resumes for people, you know. Um, I could answer calls for, for articles for, for various magazines. So probably not until I was out of school, you know, and and probably not really until I started a business that I did I think, okay, well, this is going to be my bread and butter. Right. Well, let's talk about your business. I I love Enable Education, by the way. I absolutely love the business model you have. I love what it's all about. Do a quick explanation as to what it's all about. And then I want to hear the story as to how you came up with that idea. Like, how did that actually start? Yeah, um, we started, uh, ironically enough, my husband and I uh, co-founded the business together um, almost 10 years ago, and we were both teaching at the time, uh, and there was a teacher strike. So all of Ontario uh, college teachers went on strike, and we sort of looked at each other and thought, okay, well, we've been dabbling in stuff like this. We've been doing little projects for people on the side. We're going to have a few weeks of unpaid vacation. What do we do with ourselves? So we went... um, you know, from actually teaching, um, and we did go back to teaching after the strike, and, and that was sort of uh, part of what we did while we were running our, our business in the early days. Um, but we, we sort of thought, okay, well, if we're on the other side of the desk, you know, if we're, if we're providing things for teachers, uh, what do teachers really, really need? Um, by teachers, I can mean anyone from sort of a, a preschool or an early childhood educator uh, way up to a, a trainer in industry. Um, so basically, we've made our business on pr- making materials that a, that a teacher actually really needs and will actually use. So we, you know, being educators ourselves, uh, educators ourselves, we, we speak teacherese. Um, and that's <laughs> really been our secret sauce all the way through is, you know, we know what a teacher or a trainer really, really wants and really, really needs. Um, so we make, um, educational materials for other people to provide to their customers. Uh, for example, we've done a fair bit of work for Lego Education North America. Um, they have great products and we've, we've made teacher resources to go with them so that teachers sort of pull these things out of the boxes and know exactly what to do with them. 
and they're wonderful, wonderful kits to begin with. Um, can't take credit for them themselves, but, um, and we've done stuff for, for industry too, you know, uh, how do you train your, your employees properly? Well, here's some materials. Um, and we've done some of our own materials too. We have, um, a line of philosophy books for kids that we've, we've, produced ourselves because we believe that, you know, thinking skills are really important. Um, we're working on some new ed tech projects of our own um, so that we can sort of, we're trying to revolutionize hands-on learning, um, especially in the, the science and technology fields. So a little bit of everything. Um, and it's been a, a wild ride. We've done all kinds of amazing projects, um, tried a whole, a whole lot of different approaches, met some really interesting people. We've traveled all over, over North America for it. So that's, that's kind of our story in a nutshell. So I want to dig into a few pieces of that first. Okay, so sure. the, uh, one of the things that I would like for you to distinguish is where you guys really started selling. Like what market did you start with? Because you're saying that you can you know, serve the, you know, preschool teacher all the way up to a corporate trainer. But those are two completely different markets. They're two completely yeah. different <laughs> ways to be able to get the business. So who did you start with and how did you start getting that business in the first place? Well, our early work was um, some training videos for, for industry, for software, uh, for programmers. Um, the programming language that we were uh, dealing with, that we were trying to teach, uh, was adopted by, a, uh, by First Robotics, um, which is a huge, you know, multi-country robotics competition. Um, and uh, the one we focused on was the high school level, but there are, there are levels for little kids, too. And um, we started making videos for, for that to train uh, high school kids to program these giant, you know, six foot tall robots that had to compete in this, in this great event. Um, and we got noticed that way. Um, we provided tens of thousands of, of viewing hours of, uh, of, of these training videos for high school students. And that got us noticed. That's sort of how we got into the education sector and other people who were working with, uh, with STEM education. So that's science, technology, engineering, and math, mm-hmm. uh, started hiring us to produce materials for them. So that, um, that got us into sort of the, the kindergarten to grade 12, um, arena. Um, it's funny though, because a lot of the, a lot of the teaching, um, strategies that we use for K to 12 are still applicable in industry as well. So it, there's, there's, there's more crossover than, than people realize. Um, right. the material's very different and the clients are very different, but the, the teaching skills, you know, how you get people to learn, um, doesn't change as much as, as much as some people think, um, from when you're, you know, three years old to when you're very grown up. And you guys really specialize in a, a, a real like multimedia approach to it. So you're not only, yeah. this is not your, you know, old school, like here's your training manual and here's step one through no. five in chapters one. I mean, you're really, you're talking videos, you're talking audios, you're talking, um, you know, reading materials, all sorts of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, and we've done apps as well. We've we've been really heavily into the digital space, and sort of a lot of our our most recent work that's our own proprietary material is really going into the digital space. We're going mobile, and um, we want we want people to be use, able to use just about any device anywhere to to access and to participate. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's what you learn really quickly when you're in the classroom is that no two students learn the same way. Um, and to be able to provide that uh, across all kinds of different media, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to, to have the skills to, to say, you know, if you learn this way, we can do it this way. And if you don't, if you don't, we can do it this way. 
So I've got to ask this, how this seems like, especially in the beginning years, that it would have been a very capital intensive business because you have to, especially if you're doing video and uh, apps and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you really, you really have to put investment dollars behind creating each of those things. How did you deal with that in the very beginning? Like, how were you actually producing these projects that maybe as a startup back in the day that you were like, I have no idea how we're going to do that. <laughs> you know, um, we got uh, we got in line with a lot of really smart people very early on. We've always had an amazing um, group of, of uh, team members working with us. Uh, the people we hire, the people we partner with, um, they they're they're fantastic and uh, very quick learners and. Um, very eager learners. So we've had that on our side, that the people we've had in the office working with us uh, were really smart about, you know, okay, I think this is going to take us this long and this is going to cost us this much. Um, so that's been great. Uh, we learned really, really quickly. Um, you know, this kind of project is going to take forever and the margins of profit are very, very slim. Right. This kind of project is going to work for us. And, you know, and there's, um, we've also, we've sort of, really, really sought uh, partners and clients who would have a continuing relationship with us as well. So it wouldn't just be a one-off and then, you know, we never see them again. Uh, we like to establish uh, a lasting relationship. So there's more projects. Um, so even if one, you know, is a very small project, if it's going to lead to something bigger later, uh, we go that way. And we, we ask for help. Um, really big piece of advice that someone gave us a long time ago was if you need help, ask for it. You know, don't even ask for a little bit of help. Ask for a lot of help. So we've we've been really good about, you know, striking out and finding experts in the field and saying, how did you do this? You know, how much how much profit did this yield? How much time did this take? Um, so we've we've been open to that as well. How how exactly do you what is your process for continuing to get more business out of one client? And I'm asking that because get I want to make sure that that you know anyone listening it really hears like it could be it whatever you're doing can start up a, a start off as a small project but end up into doing some ma- either many many small projects or even some pretty b- good size projects. Mm-hmm. What is your process or attitude about how to approach a client once you have a job with them so that those jobs can continue to come to you? Yeah. Um, find their pain points. Uh, you know, we're, we, we, our business is built on sort of addressing the pain points of teaching. You know, it, this is really hard to teach and this is how we're going to make it easier for, a, for an instructor to, to do this. Um, and be really, really open with them. You know, uh, what's, what's bugging you? You know, how do, how do we make your life easier for you? Uh, and once you get one project under your belt and you find out, you know, this is their style, this is their process, uh, it makes it a lot easier to sort of get that, that information. Um, I know we live in a digital age and it's easy to communicate with people, you know, over the internet or over Skype or whatever. Um, we like to stick ourselves in people's faces too. There's there's nothing like an in-person meeting, even if it, it takes a little time and a little effort to get to someone. Right. Um, it's really nice to be in front of them and say, you know, how did that go? You know, we, we did this project for you. How do you feel about it? You know, what would you like to see differently next time? And what else is what else is a thorn in your side right now? What else can we help you with? Um, somebody described it once as sort of picking up the apples that fall off other people's carts. You know, what apples are falling off your cart? How can we pick those up and take care of them for you? I like that. Now, 
Uh, as a woman who works with her husband and runs a business with her husband, um, I'm always keenly interested in how couples work together. How have you and your husband managed to work together for all of these years? Um, <laughs> what are uh, what are the roles that you have had to establish? What have been some of the harsh things that you've had to go through in order to come to a place where you you run the business successfully together? Um, we've always, well, we were together a long time before we ever started the business. So that, that helped. We, we knew who each other were, you know, before we ever started it as entrepreneurs. And that was great. Um, we have very different skill sets and very different approaches to things. So in a way it's nice because he does his thing and I do my thing. And, you know, when we have to check in with, with each other, you know, is this going okay? And what do you think of this? That's great. Um, but we're not stepping on each other's toes uh, at every at every at every corner, <laughs> so that's that's useful. Um, we do spend a lot of time together. You know, we're in the office and then we go home. Uh, we're parents as well, so there's, you know, at one point we decided to throw that into the mix too. We're not only going to work together, but we're going to juggle this with a kid too. So that's been interesting. Um, we both have a very good sense of humor, um, and we both um, check in with each other. Um, on a regular basis. So we'll, we'll go to the office together and then we'll duck out and have brunch somewhere, just the two of us, um, and get sort of a big picture idea of what the other one is doing. Um, so there's no surprises, but, uh, yeah, you have to, you have to make sure that you carve out time for yourself that isn't business related, of course. Um, and sort of establish, you know, this is what you do here and this is what you do there. And we're going to, we're going to stay out of each other's way unless we need to. I'm going to imagine that those were all lessons that you learned from very hard moments of having the exact opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, been, there's been some, some crisscross here and there where we're, you know, well, I think we should do it this way and I think we should do it that way. And, um, you know, and you have to be open to, to, to stepping back a little bit um, and letting other people sort of give their opinion. Well, I'm an objective third party and I think we should be doing this and this and this. And mm. um, that helps as well. Yeah. It's so funny. My uh, my husband and I have been working together for I think about six and a half years now, something like that. <clears throat> and um, oh man, have we gone through some hell in the <laughs> in those first couple of years? It took a lot. I mean, you know, like I hear so many wise people like yourself say now, like, oh yeah, I've been working with my husband for a long time, and the key is yeah. to define what your roles are. Well, we took a couple of years being stupid young kids, figuring out what those darn roles were, and yeah. really butting yeah. up against each other in a very, yeah. very harsh way in those first couple of years. Like, what do you mean? You have to trust me to do this, and feelings yeah. getting hurt, and all sorts of stuff. But you, believe me, you, when you learn that lesson, you learn the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah, and and it's sort of it's liberating to be able to say, you know what, I don't want to do that part. You yeah. know, that's yours. You know, I'm not even going to worry about that over there. You, you, that's your job. Yep, yeah, that's very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you guys have grown the business all of these years, what has been one of the most difficult things for you to to have to kind of grow through? We we really like, and, and anyone who goes to our website can see that we really like doing a lot of different things, and we're really lucky. We've got this, this group of people working with us who are multi-talented and, you know, lifelong learners and critical thinkers, and they're creative. Um, so we've we've had to train ourselves, and, you know, it's, it's an ongoing lesson to focus. Um, that's been a, a tricky point, because we really do, and, I, I, you know, it's been 10 years, and we still have this tendency, oh, yeah, we want to do that, but we also want to do that, and that and that and that um and at some point you have to sort of buckle down and say okay 
you know, we could do that, but we're better at doing this. Mm. So that's been sort of a, a lesson to learn that you don't have to take every project that comes your way, even if it's really interesting and it looks like it might lead to, to bigger things. If it's not what you do, um, you know, my husband talks about uh, being a soccer player and showing up at a hockey game and thinking, okay, well, do I learn hockey really fast? You know, if, if someone's willing to put me on the ice, do I learn hockey really fast or do I go find a soccer game? Um, and we're, we're still sort of, you know, learning the lesson of, no, no, go find a soccer game. If you're a soccer <laughs> player, go play soccer. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys had to implement like a certain, um, I don't know, like a checks and balances process so that you, because I would imagine with a group full of creatives, everyone can get excited about the project and that can yeah. easily override the, what's our core competency type of questions, you know, like, have you developed a process that works for you that allows you to sort of stay in check? Yeah. And, and, you know, as, uh, as new people have come on board, it's been become clear, you know, okay, well, we need to do this and we need to do that. The partnerships that we've developed to sort of help steer us a little bit too, you know, there's, there's a longstanding relationship. If we do this, um, you know, be, it is, because it is our, our core competency, competency, we've developed these relationships. So, um, the people we've worked with have helped us sort of steer in one direction. You know, if we've got people on hand who can do this, then we're less likely to do the other thing. Um, and we've learned some lessons where we've we've worked on projects that really overextended us, um, you know, in terms of a budget and in terms of human resources. And, right. and we've sort of learned from that, okay, well, maybe, you know, that one went okay and, you know, we got it done and it was done well, but wow, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> not going to um, do that again, so, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and you do you do like to leave yourself open to new possibilities, but at the same time, you have to sort of no, no, you know, we're working on this right now, right? Um, Amy, what's your position in the business? Like, where where do you shine, and what do you really what do you master? Um, I, I'm right now. I'm in charge of communications. I'm I'm sort of the mouthpiece for the business, um, and I've always been because I was a writer. Uh, that was kind of my 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 niche. Um, now that we've got great people working with us, it's, you know, at the, in the beginning, it was just a, a handful of us working in our spare, spare bedroom at our house. Um, now that we've got a team behind us, I don't have to work on projects quite as much. Um, so I get to do more big picture stuff. Uh, I run our social media. Um, I go to conferences and give talks. You know, um, somebody called me chief evangelist once. She said, you know, <laughs> I think that's what you do here. You go like and you, you go, you tell people our message. You go out there and you make sure they know who we are, know who we are and what we're about. And, um, and I love that part of it. Uh, I find that really challenging, sort of finding new ways to get our message across and new people who are going to listen. And, hmm. Now, I have to ask because you also do all this writing um, yeah. and and definitely like I was reading uh, your personal blog that you have, how how do you balance the brand, kind of who you are under the brand of Enable Education and who you are under the brand of Amy Leesk, the writer? Like how do you, how have those been able yeah. to kind of co-survive together? Well, it's it's interesting because who I am, who I was as an educator, you know, I was a person dedicated to, to helping people, um, fall in love with ideas, you know, to learn. Um, uh, and that's kind of who I am as a writer. Most of the projects that I do, you know, in writing short stories and kids, kids fiction and that sort of thing, they're all about, uh, a love of words and ideas. Um, so it, it, in my heart, I think that's, I'm kind of, in the same place, um, whether I'm writing my own stuff or whether I'm writing for, for the company, we want to, we want people to learn to love ideas. We want them to, to blossom as thinkers. Um, 
so I, I kind of feel like because we've spent so much time really digging and soul searching about who we were uh, as a company, you know, what our goals were. Um, and because my husband and I run the company, you know, some of our own personal goals kind of leak into that. Yeah. So it hasn't been too bad. Um, you know, I, I try and not be too political about certain things. Um, I try not to to dive into to sticky areas that... Um, you know, in my personal writing that might affect how things go with the business. Um, to try and keep things very, very kind and supportive online, whether it's my personal stuff or the, the stuff for the company, um, because I want there to be a, a positive image for both. Um, so it, it hasn't been too, too hard. Hmm. Um, how do you stay productive, both in your writing and with your job as chief evangelist? How, like, how do you structure day, your day in order to make sure that you're really getting major things done and that you continue to move forward? Um, at work, uh, we have, as I said, we've had really, really great people partner up with us. Um, for example, for social media, I had someone come and teach me how to be super efficient with that, you know, how to get into a routine. You know, on this day, you should be doing this, and on this day, you should be doing that. And, and if this isn't working, you do that. Um, I've always been a list maker, uh, and I've always been a, a planner. So I've I've had very concrete goals in in both. You know, by the end of this month, I want X Y Z done, and I know that I have this much time to devote to it. Um, and because we've got great people working with us, I've been able to to de- delegate things to. You know, if I, if I haven't got time to do something properly, I know there's someone on staff who can. Um, and another lesson we've learned is, you know, how to hand things off. You know, I don't have to do everything myself. I have right. very smart people in the next room to, to do it for me. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm a meticulous planner. I'm a list maker. I, you know, I have calendars pasted up all over the house. Um, and that's, that's sort of been my lifeline. I, I, I like the creative, uh, the creative part of it. Um, but I also kind of thrive on routine as well. I like knowing that Monday morning I'm going to go and I'm going to fill up our Twitter feed. Um, and you know, Wednesday afternoon I'm going to have meetings. And, um, so we've done it that way. Gotcha. I was going to ask you if you have any particular tools. Is there, are there any other, whether it's an app or whether it's a piece of paper, like a calendar, I hear that already, but like, um, what tools do you have to kind of help you organize all of this planning and organization? Yeah, I, I, I do high-tech and low-tech. There are lists all over the place. I scribble lists all on any, any piece of paper available. Um, but we also, um, we also I, I use Hootsuite quite a lot, for example. So, you know, with the, the social media, it's really easy to, to sort of plan ahead. Um, and I keep track of, of, you know, what's going on in the world so I can, okay, well, on this day, this is, this is, this, this event is happening. So I'm going to target our, our social media campaign to that. And, um, yeah, I spend a great deal of time on Hootsuite. Um, we have shared calendars in the office, um, online that we, you know, so we can check in who's available when, um, yeah, those are sort of the main tools that I use. Um, but there's a fair bit of juggling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if you take whatever pieces work, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, Amy, I want to conclude this conversation by asking you how you feel like you've evolved most as a businesswoman after all these years. You're, you've been in this almost a decade, not only in Enable Education, but as a, you know, kind of a continuing growing writer as well. How, how have you most evolved as a businesswoman? Um. 
I think I think a big part of our evolution, big part of my own evolution is is sort of figuring out, uh, you know, we talk about branding and knowing your brand, that sort of thing. Um, and a big part of what we've accomplished as a as a company and what I've accomplished as a writer has been through knowing that um, this is who I am and who the company is and this is what we stand for. Um, I think I'm a better writer personally uh, in my creative stuff because of the things that I've done in, in business. Um, and I think what I've done for the business is is, is better because I was a writer. Uh, so they've sort of evolved um, simultaneously. Um, and I've learned to hand things off that, you know, my identity and my personal worth is not wrapped up in doing every single thing myself. Um, we've learned to look for really, really smart people uh, to partner up with, to hire Um that helps quite a bit too, um, uh, and and at the core of it, we you know what what's really evolved is is sort of our motivation behind the company that that we really believe in education, that we really believe in learning and ideas, and you know uh, catering to different kinds of thinkers, um, and that's really sort of shaped up over the ten years. It's not just about you know we're going to take this project because you know we we need to pay the bills. Where we think about well, what do we really really want to accomplish? Right. Who do we really want to reach with this? And that's that's evolved in really amazing ways, too. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. It was such a pleasure learning more about you and, oh. and the business that you've built. All right. Thank you very much for having me. It was great. <laughs> 